0: Hi there, you're listening to the Time In Talks podcast. I'm your stand-in host, Kanika Chadha Gupta, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks on the biggest problems modern moms face in motherhood and life, and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset, let's dive in.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a Time and Talks episode, and there was a new host there today. We're doing something fun for you today, so I wanted to share a little bit more about the Meditation for Kids book that went live yesterday. Mm -hmm. Hey. But instead of me just talking about it, I wanted to invite Kanika Gupta, who is actually the incredible moderator who's going to be at the book launch event in New Jersey. And so we thought this would be an excellent opportunity for you to hear more about her, about me, and just see our synergy together. So I'm so
0: happy that Kanika is here. Welcome, Kanika. Thank you for being the host for today's podcast. Thank you. It is an honor. And I'm so excited to just flip the script and be asking you the questions because we all have so many.
1: We're today are gonna press the reset button on believing your kids can't meditate. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about who Kanaka is so you know who's gonna be who you're gonna be meeting at the live event, but also who you're hearing today as the host. So gunnica is a mom of three, and she's the CEO and founder of Chronology Agency. She's the host of the amazing podcast, That's Total mom Sense. And if you haven't heard it, you guys totally need to dish it out. It's so good. She has incredible guests. Um, she's She has experience as an interviewer. She was a former anchor and producer at CNN International and ZTV. So she totally knows what she's doing when it comes to interviewing. And she's just such a beautiful soul. I've had the opportunity to get to know her and she's somebody that I respect so much and I'm so happy to call her my friend
0: and um, thank you so much for being here. I'm truly, truly touched. And I'm so lucky to call you a friend. We were fast friends. We just hit it off. And, you know, I mean, we joke that it's like, you know, we're kindred spirits. Um, there has to be a past life connection or something because, you know, these kind of friendships, when they come into your life, they're really special. So I cherish you. And it's my pleasure to be on here today.
1: Well, I'm going to let you take the role because you're actually the host for today's podcast. And um, yeah, ask away any burning questions that we have about the Meditation
0: for Kids book. Well, I think the first kind of burning question that we all have is about you, Tejal. We want to know how you embarked on this journey to begin with. So can you tell us a little bit about your law career and your passion for mindfulness and meditation and how that was born much before the book came along?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, nobody ever grows up thinking, like, hey, I'm going to be a mindfulness and a meditation teacher when I grow up. You know, that was definitely not in my repertoire. But in int- interestingly enough, when I was a child, I wanted to be a teacher. Like, I remember in kindergarten saying, I want to be a teacher. But then, of course, everybody <laughs> is like, oh, teachers don't make a lot of money. Yeah. So, you're like, oh, I can't be a teacher, I guess. So, it's interesting. I think that like what we're drawn to, I guess it's not like necessarily the profession, but like what what we what how we wanted to show up in the world. I think I already, always kind of knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be someone who shared wisdom. And interestingly enough, oh, I God. wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, which is fascinating because I teach that age range. I teach the young children between four through eight, which is, you know, a little bit younger than kindergarten, a little bit older than kindergarten. So I have to say I I really got into mindfulness and meditation because I teach what I feel like I needed when I was a child. I was a very high highly sensitive child who struggled with anxiety, low self-esteem. Um, I absorbed a lot of secondhand stress. And mm-hmm. you know, those patterns and those they don't go away. So I found myself in my mid-20s as a divorce attorney. Really at that phase of my life, I had checkboxed everything that people deem as oh, you're successful. You should have a happy, fulfilling life. And I was largely unfulfilled. I was uncontent with where I was. I felt like I was meant to do more. There was an emptiness within me and I really couldn't understand what it was. And so that's really when I started embarking in spiritual, spiritualism and started reading a lot of texts. Um, Oprah was like my spirit guide. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I followed every book that she ever recommended. Like, Diving deep into this realm, this mysticism of spirituality, uh, mindfulness, uh, yoga, meditation, and I found, i remember—I I truly believe this pr- path really called to me because. I'd be driving up and down the New Jersey turnpike, going from divorce mediation to divorce mediation, listening to this podcast with Oprah and Eckhart Tolle. Um, Mm -hmm. It was talking about his book, The New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And I remember thinking, like, what is my life's purpose? Like, what am I meant to do? And what I now know is my intuition. But I would get this, like, weird, like, like voice that would be like, like, I'm a kid's yoga teacher. (laughs) And I'd be like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would I? It and like you know, I ignored it because I was like, that makes no logical sense. But the voice kept getting louder and louder and louder until the point I couldn't ignore it. And I got my training and I started teaching at the preschools that we owned, and I fell in love with it. There was something so um, deeply meaningful about that. And really for a long time, I thought that's what I was meant to do. I was like, okay, I'm just meant to teach yoga and the mindful breathing at schools. I felt so fulfilled with what I was doing. And um, it really was actually one of my good girlfriends. I was about Two or three years into it, and one of my girlfriends um, from college, I was telling her, and I was so excited about all the stuff that I was doing. And she, she's more one of my more pragmatic friends, and she's like, um, "Angel, I think that what you're doing is really amazing, but unless parents and teachers are reinforcing these tools at home, your grand vision of what you see oh, and what man, happen yeah. is really not going to happen." And like it was like a stab in my heart. at first, gosh, but then when I sat with it, that again, was another guided wisdom. Like she was brought into my life to give me that sign. And I think that's when my mission then expanded to teaching, educating teachers how to bring mindfulness and meditation into classrooms. And then when I became a mom at two, in 2015, I started to... Um, bring these practices to parents. I became a certified Kundalini and yoga meditation teacher and I really wanted, I wanted the wisdom behind it. I didn't just want to like blindly go out and tell people. I wanted to give the, the wisdom, the really deeply rooted ancient wisdom and give parents the tools of how to practice this in their life, as well as how to teach their kids. So yeah, I feel like my journey has been a very organic one. And it's been guided step by step with these little tricklings of my intuition, just guiding me from step by step by step. And it led me to this moment now where having a son who's so engaged and so involved and so in tune with it. I don't think that's my exposure, I think that's largely some of it's innately that just came through from him. But also just like having this opportunity to write a book um, is like the next step in just making this grander vision available to more parents and teachers and families. Yes,
0: that's that's really incredible that you have now um, made this your life purpose because you're impacting the world in such um, an incredible way. And, you know, from parents to kids, um, you're making it easy and organic and something that they can, um, they should adopt into their daily life. So you spent the last decade teaching kids ages two through nine meditation, mindfulness, and yoga through your Yoga Birdies program and your Mindful Beginning curriculum in schools. Now, what did you learn from that particular experience?
1: I started with the yoga because I think back in 2012, that was like what was like accepted. Like yoga was becoming big kids yoga, and you know, so that was my entry point and. But I, uh, in my personal life and my journey, I knew that like the mindful breathing and the meditation was so powerful. And the vision, really, that would guide me is that you know, and by the daytime, I was still doing divorce law, so I was having uh, my clients. And the the running thought in my mind was, what if the cl- my clients' children had meditation and mindfulness in their life? Like, how would it change their life? And that was really my guiding force of like how to infuse those tools. So I created this program called Yoga Birdies. But at the end of every single class, part of the curriculum was like we would do like yoga games and yoga postures and sing songs and do all this fun stuff. And then I would trickle in mindful breathing and meditation at the end of class every single class ended with like two to three minutes of like quiet. Like I would turn off the lights. It would be calm music, and it would be mm-hmm. different. And so at the end of class, like I would be handing out stickers and I'd be like, you know, what was your favorite part of class? And, you know, I would be teaching like five or six classes in a given session. So this was like close to, you know, like 60, 70, different students of, you know, different age ranges that ranged from three to eight and, Without fail, like the the common denominator would be like we like the relaxation, and these were young children. They were like five year olds and six year olds, and I was just like, okay, like we played all these fun games. (laughs) You know, I would think like that would be what would like stand out, and but more often than not, they would say the relaxation part was their favorite part of class, and so that to me was a big epiphany that children actually do crave those moments. Of silences, if we hold space and carve them out for them in a way that is, we make it playful and we make it and we make it consistent and we make it where it's something that this is something that's fun and we create a container for it, they're open to it.
0: Right. Oh, wow. I love how you've packaged it in a way that they can receive it. And they're not only are they open to it, they're embracing this. Mm -hmm. They're just like, this. This moment of relaxation, um, time in, you know, uh, and checking out is something that they crave. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was,
1: I was floored, like honestly. And I think that was like, again, like another intuitive hit for me to be like, hey, there is, there's something behind this that we need to take further and children do deserve the opportunity to have these containers and i really have taken it as my mission to bridge that gap for parents and for teachers like how do we create these containers of space and make it accessible not only for them but also many of us also need to learn how to create that container for space for ourselves mm-hmm. so it's like fusing it and making it like a, a cl- in the classroom or in the home making infusing it for everyone
0: yes yes absolutely so when did you get the idea and the inspiration to write meditation for kids
1: this is so interesting so i always knew that i wanted to write a book with like a book like this. However, I thought it would be later in my career. And so, you know, it's no surprise to many of my listeners who know that I've been working on a book for the past two years, written a book proposal. I've already started pitching it out and it was more geared towards parents. And I always thought because the entry point of getting parents Um, engaged in teaching their kids is if they have a practice themselves. So even with me, that's what my assumption was, I got to get the parents on board before I can teach the kids before they can feel called to teach the kids. And the interesting thing is this book really chose me, you know, I was pitching out this book, and a publisher actually reached out to me. And they were getting into this untapped field of self help books for young children. So between the ages of four to eight, and there's a really there's a growing industry of this now because of the fact that childhood anxiety is the number 1 challenge that is being faced for young children and with the rise of mental health issues like depression and anxiety and suicide even when publishers are reaching out to experts to write about it you know that there's something there that's untapped that we have uh, to bridge the gap for. So um, the publisher, actually, the research team found me on Instagram. And so they interviewed me, they like, and they're like, we have this project, this book, this is our vision for it. And we think that you'd be the best expert to write it because of the fact that I have a niche with younger children. And so I share that in a few different ways. Because one Mm -hmm. is that People are constantly looking for resources and experts. So if you're someone out there and you have an Instagram page or you're doing something that you feel really passionate about, keep putting yourself out there because you never know who's going to find you. And I think I remember Mastin Kip had said like a long time ago that he was doing um, his platform originally and it was Kim Kardashian who randomly like tweeted one of his tweets. And that's how he like became like, kind of on the radar. So you just never know who's looking who's watching where your information Mm -hmm. is gonna go. Um, So just stay committed to whatever it is that you believe in. And so the book really found me because I think honestly, the time is right now where it's so imperative to prioritize our children's mental health, as much as we've been focusing on their physical health and we just need resources now to help. And I think parents have been able to see this. It's not so much of the buy-in now, like we're aware that oh, this is a necessity. All right, now give me the tools. Like we're ready for that. And that's where that we are,
0: so. Right. Yes. So, tell me how you are fostering this new idea of meditating as a family and building a family practice.
1: Yeah. So, you know, even someone like me who has experience or who meditates, I I think it's really a unique situation to be able to do family meditation because we all have time constraints, we all are busy, we all have our own stress, and I think a lot of times what I see with my mom clients is that you know, I don't meditate myself, so how am I going to teach my child? And we have this belief that, um, and I think it holds a a lot of us back, whether we consciously or unconsciously believe it or not. That is one of the biggest holdbacks. I don't do this. I'm not good at it. I have tried it. It doesn't work, or I'm not an expert at it. And so one of the, the dynamics that we have to keep in mind is like when we talk about like this idea of conscious parenting or, you know, infusing mindfulness into our parenting is that we see our relationship with our children as a partnership, where we don't have to be the know-it-all and the superior with all the answers. We're really partners with our children. And many of us have not learned this. And it's okay that we have not. That, That was how it was supposed to be generationally. Like We needed to experience the contrast of, hey, this wasn't what worked in my childhood or this doesn't work. And that really fuels the fire within us to do something different. And so I think that we needed that experience of potentially our, our parents not giving us emotional support or us not having these tools of that stillness or that inner uh, introspection. And so family meditation really is an idea that you're seeing yourself and meeting with your children wherever you are. Hey, mommy and daddy is also learning just with you. And so you make it playful. And what I've learned with teaching kids and my own is that it's so much more fun and easy to practice meditation and mindfulness when we're when I translate it into kid-friendly ways, because my mind, I'm like a young child at heart. So and I yeah like so for me I like the science like I like everything that's rooted in the ancient wisdom but I translate it in a way that's playful and that's kind of my gift and so I actually prefer when I'm even practicing I remind myself of the 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 playful the stories the little quippy exercises that I use for Ayan or my students and that's how I remember to practice because our children's first language of learning is play and stories. But we also, if you think about how we learn, we learn through analogies, we learn through metaphors, like that's when something like really sticks. Like when you, when you hear something presented in a way that's different, like you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, that, that analogy, that really like, that makes sense to me. And I think that's, the idea of family meditation, like you're using the meditation for kids book, because it is rooted in the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and yoga, it is tools that are not only going to help you, it's going to help your children learn in the right ways that when I'm experiencing the feeling of anxiety, what is the correct way to breathe rather than like those water down, yeah. like, oh, just take deep breaths. Or are you breathing in it? Like there is a science behind of like how to help your nervous system calm down. And that's, what I wanted parents to know, like taking the daunting, like this is going to be the easiest meditation book for parents.
0: That is awesome.
1: Yeah. And that's what we want. We want, we don't want anything that's more stressful or difficult Yes. put more energy into. Like this is like a bonding activity and something when we, when we make it playful, it's easy to be goofy yes. and just, be, I don't have to have this perfect. Right. And, exactly. And, uh, you can mess
0: up and, and roll with it. And I think what's great is that You're making meditation fun. So many of us know that we should meditate and it becomes like this thing hanging over your head. Like it's this, I have to do this, or it's like a chore, you know, and it shouldn't be that at all. And the fact that you're switching the mindset for the parents to like, no, no, this is like playtime. This is something that we're choosing to do and look forward to because it's fun. And when you have that mindset, pass it on to your kids, it's going to be very easy to adopt this practice.
1: Absolutely. And I think um, one of the, the biggest things, the biggest misconceptions about meditation that's out there is that when we think of meditation, we think of like, like, you know, sitting quietly, eyes closed, focusing on your breath, chanting Ohms, like you have to be completely still, like, let's be completely clear here. The purpose of teaching your children meditation at a young age is not so that they experience Nirvana and these like yeah. ultimate Buddhas at the age of six, right? You know, th- this is about like their mind at this, this phase zero to eight is in an altered consciousness state. So they're, they experience in life through like the theta brave wavelengths to through the alpha brave wing. So the idea is that what they're learning is getting embedded into their subconscious. So the uh-huh. idea is that we're planting these seeds at a young age and we're setting the right foundation. So There's two different types of meditation. I mean, there's tons of different types of meditation. However, they fall into two different categories. There's the passive meditation, what I just explained to you, which is, you know, the the focusing on your breath. So you're trying to focus on your mind to clear out so it doesn't have any thoughts. And I, I refer to this as the crossfit of meditation because it is really, really hard. It's something that you have to build up to get there. It's like if somebody's never worked out in a day in their life, you would never recommend that they're like, all right. Go to a CrossFit class.
0: Go do a CrossFit class. Yeah, totally. Because they
1: don't have the endurance and the stamina and the ability to have that mental focus to do that kind of uh, workout, right? Right. The next type of uh, category of meditation is active meditation, where you're helping your mind get anchored on one thing. It is much easier to help your mind focus on one thing than focus on nothing. The biggest entry point, like the misconception, I think even with parents who maybe have tried meditation and they're like, this is too hard, I can't do it, is because you're trying to do that mindfulness, like clear out your mind meditation without any... Practice with learning how to focus your mind at one thing at a time. Yeah, and, um, the meditation for kids book is that's how you teach kids. It's like you're focusing on active meditation, whether you're focusing on the way that they're holding their hands or the way they're holding their body, or a mantra or a guided meditation where you're guiding them using your words and they're focusing on your words and your and they're listening. Um, that's that's how we learn too.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. It's it's almost like. You know, how you've simplified this for kids is, you know, a beginner's guide for, um, for someone new to meditation as an adult,
1: mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Um, Wow. Cool. Okay. You have 40 exercises that you've outlined in the book. um, And you kind of teach parents how to implement each one. So can you walk us through some of those and and how you came up with that?
1: Yeah. So the 40 exercises in the book are divided into five different chapters. And what I really wanted to elicit is, you know, in Ayurveda, the, the holistic, the ancient, um, Holistic Health System, which I talk a lot about on the podcast, it talks about stress as um, imbalances in the body. And so what I really wanted to empower parents and teachers and uh, students was that you can Find what kind of stress type that you're having, whether you're experiencing um, mental stress like anxiety, or um, worrying, or feeling scared, or nervous, or you can uh, understand when you're feeling angry, jealous. Um, frustrated, impatient, or when you feel um, physical stress, like you feel tired or you're lethargic or you're sad. I wanted children to understand how these sensations feel in their body, but also what is the right tools that you use to help yourself move out of those situations. So each chapter has a specific theme around it. And so in the intro, you can actually read the intro and you'll get an idea of like which feelings if your child is feeling this, these are the tools that you need to practice. And so in each chapter, there's a variety of tools. So there is a mindful movement, like a yoga posture, because yoga essentially allows us to move energy in a specific way. And based on when we're feeling stressed, there's a specific posture that can help us move the energy out and feel balanced again. And um, yeah, so, and um, there's affirmations, there's guided meditations, there's a mindful breathing exercise. So it has a slew of different types of exercises that all help with um, alleviating a certain type of stress. So the first chapter is all about rising and shining. So even though these are great tools to do in the morning, anytime you notice that your child needs a boost of energy, they're feeling sad or they're feeling lethargic or they're feeling bored. I hear that a lot. Oh, I'm feeling bored. This is a great, these are the great exercises to do to help boost their um, energy up. And so um, that's the first chapter. The second chapter is focusing on their mind. So this teaches children the art of concentration, but also when they're feeling anxiety, stress from being nervous or overthinking, or their mind feels foggy, these are the tools that are going to help them kind of clear out their mind um, and release that anxiety. Um, Chapter three is all about opening your heart. So when we experience emotions like anger, frustration, impatience, these are all um, emotional stress issues. And we really need to learn how to calm our body down, cool our body down, because this creates heat within our body. So all the exercises in that chapter will help us calm ourselves down, meltdowns, all those big emotions that we think of when children have. Um, chapter four, this is the fun one. I really love this one because this is about when your mo- your child is in a playful state and you want to help them harness the power of their mind. So learning them to how ha- like the, the foundations of listening to their intuition, learning how to visualize, learning how to use the power of their mind to kind of manifest and think about what it is that they desire. So these are excellent opportunities to kind of hone that skill of intuition at a young age and kind of tune into that. And then the last, chapter which are great exercises to do at nighttime so the relaxation and stillness practices helps children learn to naturally wind down and so these are um such beautiful practices because at the end of the day it actually also has exercises like to talk about you know um retracing your day and talking about what uh, mistakes did you make? How can you learn better? What can you do better? Um, You know, so it's about introspection and having teachable moments. So say if something went wrong, or there was a meltdown in the beginning of the day, rather than having the talk right after they have it, you can wait till the end of the day and have it in this intimate setting. And there's like a exercise that can kind of guide you to help your child learn from their mistakes in a way that's not shameful or in a way that they can actually understand, um, which is so important. So we so there's a whole slew of different exercises um, that will guide you. And each one was specifically picked for a specific purpose. So in each exercise, it has Take this time and when and why this works. So the idea is not only as your child grows and they can read, they'll know when to do that specific exercise, but also why it works. Like what is the 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 way of like how does it help your energy or why does this um you know shift your shift your mood? What what is it the science behind it? So it's good for parents mm-hmm. as well. Like when they're trying to learn it, like why, when do I do this and why will it help me do this?
0: Okay, that makes sense. So you know we know that you and Ayan practice meditation together. And I mean, he has his own um, place on your show. Um, but is there a specific chapter that resonated with him? You know, from a kid's perspective, which one was his favorite?
1: So the very interesting thing was, is that um, he's actually he actually helped fine tune majority of the exercises. So a lot of them are stemmed from my program. However, um, some of them he from her own experiences he uh created himself. So it's cool. kind of yeah, so I would say that his his favorites are probably the ones <laughs> the ones he came up with. <laughs> he made up. But um so for example you know there is a exercise in the book called anger mashed potatoes, and um, you know intuitively I know that there's certain times that when our child is experiencing anger, we want to like help them, we want to talk them through it. There were I was noticing there were times that me not saying anything and just letting him get the energy out was so much more meaningful than me actually trying to guide him through it. And I learned this from actually, there was a Kundalini yoga Kriya set that was about anger. And that whole Kriya for an hour is like, you're pounding on the floor and you're like pounding on your chest, like you're doing all these crazy things. And so I learned from that, I would tell him like, you know, like if you're feeling like a lot of that energy, like if anger is in your command center, you can stomp on the floor. You can like pound on the floor and I'll do it with you. And then he came up with like, we would do that. Like he would like stomp. And then he's like, I'm making anger mashed potatoes. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, I'm taking the mash, the hot potato. I'm throwing it on the ground and I'm making it into mashed potatoes. And I was like, that's such a good way of explaining it. Cause we were just like pounding and like just hitting, but he created like the words to like what it is of like driving the energy out of your body when you're feeling intense anger. So yeah, like that's like, I mean, obviously it's like one of his favorites, but the other one that he really likes, it's actually um, a relaxation one. He really resonates with cars and boats and train anything that has a steering wheel. So I would always say to him, like, you know, like which feeling is in the command center? Mm. And um, and he would be like, you know, um, anger is in the command center or, you know, sadness is in the command center. And then he's like, I'm steering my boat to a new feeling. And I was like, oh, I like that. He's yeah. like, so there's an exercise in the book called, um, you know, steering your emotions and it's the visualization, like, there's different islands, different emotion islands, you see what island you're on, and then you steer yourself to a different island. So that was all inspired by him in his like, I'm steering myself like angers in the command center, but I'm steering myself to happy island. So that was, um, and he does that one a lot. And you're like breathing while you're like, you're turning your steering wheel, you're breathing in while you turn one way and you're breathing out. And then it's been like a fun conversation of like, you know, oh, I see. And now it's like kind of a conversation. Oh, I see that you might be on Anger Island. And now it's not like a threatening way because it's like, oh, yeah, I am on Anger Island. And I was like, what island do you do you want to visit now? And he'd be like, I want to visit Peaceful Island or Excited Island or Happy Island. And He steers himself there. And so that's how playful like that's that's what um, his little creative kid perspective that was added into the book.
0: Hmm. I mean, I think he's so wise beyond his years, um, to, to come up with his own analogies, um, because, you know, adults also should think that, or should realize rather that we're in control of our emotions. And so if you need to steer yourself into a different direction, like the captain, captain, sorry, let me, let me say that again. Um, Because adults too, we should realize that we're in control of our emotions. And like Ayan said, we could be the captain of a ship and steer ourselves to a different emotion um, and get ourselves out of it. That is just really, really like amazing that he thought of that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you came up with a really cool hashtag, hashtag kids can meditate. Um, And I just wanted to know what is your vision For this movement that you're creating.
1: I really am a visionary. And when I had the seed planted in my subconscious 10 years ago that, you know, I wonder, like, what if kids knew how to meditate? Like, how would it change their life? Um, I, I... I remember, like when I embarked on it in my 20s, I remember, and it took me back to a vision when I was five or six years old. And, you know, it wasn't called meditation there, but my dad was always a seeker. And he called it prayer at the time. But like he would say, I remember specifically sitting when I was five or six years old, and he and we'd be in front of like our home temple, but he'd be like, When you close your eyes in your third eye point, you try to visualize the ohm symbol. And I remember sitting there and like thinking about that. And it was interesting because it was in my 20s that I remember that because it was like very sporadic. And I thought, you know, if I remembered those like few odd occasions when my dad would sit with me, if we built it consistently in our children's life without the expectation of when this flower is going to flourish, we are going to truly set up not just our children, but they're they're going to shift the way that they parent, right? Because this is something that's part of their life. If we can expect them that they learn at a young age that you brush your teeth every single day, that you take a shower every single day, why in the world can't they grow up with the expectation, I have to brush my brain every day. I have to meditate for a few minutes to clear out my yucky thoughts, clear out my yucky feelings, so that each day I can be feel happy and excited and alive. Really come with the premise that, our children are capable and have the potential to learn anything so long as we believe in that potential and we don't make the assumption just because of their age they're not able to do that or because we weren't taught that at a young age or maybe because things are not mainstream and that's why i really have this vision to make it mainstream that when you see images of children meditating it's not like those one offs that like oh wow that's amazing that child's meditating it's like Yeah. That child's meditating. That's what's expected of children, just like we expect them to take care of their physical body, taking care of their mental body. Their mental health is just as important and normal right yeah. normalize it um and so i really want i have this vision of blowing up the gram and blowing up the internet just as we see so many of these articles of like uh, schools doing away with detention and trying meditation i think that the more and more we're talking about it the more and more that we're practicing it and trying it with our kids and spreading it i think the belief gets embedded that this is normal and that's what my desire is that it, it's normal in homes it's normal in classrooms it's normal for young children to learn this and believe in our own capability that, yes, we can bring these tools to our children's life um, at a young age.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now we are all just at the edge of our seats and are so excited for your book launch, which is coming up. So tell all the parents that are listening, um, When it is, where it is.
1: We want to know. Yeah. So we have a East Coast launch and a West Coast launch. The East Coast one is on May 9th in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, It is going to be from 1245 to 345. And I really created it as an experiential event. So not only will it be so exciting for us to finally meet in person, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I really wanted it to be an inspiring afternoon. This is not about celebrating my success as an author. This is about, like we're talking about the kids can meditate movement to make sure that you walk out of there feeling empowered and confident that you know the skills and the steps to teach your children how to meditate. You walk out of there with the belief and the desire that you want to teach your children this. And I really want you to walk out of that whole experience in not only I have a an amazing um, meditation plan so you have this visceral experience of what I'm talking about because your personal experience is worth its weight in gold. I can talk till I'm blue in the face about how meditation creates a energetic shift and how it can move you. But until you experience it in a powerful way where I'm holding space, um, I think that really shifts your perspective on um, our conversation, but also as you move through your life and teaching your children. And I'm so excited, Ganika, you are actually going to be part of that event too, the moderator uh, for that event. Yes,
0: it's going to be amazing. I'm so glad that you have been so mindful and thoughtful of curating your launch in this way. Um, so, you know, we're sorry, we'll start again. So we're going to be on stage, and similar to this podcast episode. We're going to do a deep dive into what the book's about, what parents can gain from it, how kids are going to love it. Like, it's just going to be um, such an amazing, um, really fun, engaging, entertaining time for everybody. And I mean, I'm just so excited to make those human connections with everyone um, with you, Thajal. This is, I'm so, so um, grateful to be part of this journey with you.
1: Me too. It's going to be an incredible event. Um, And then for our West Coast Mamas, I'm going to be in Orange County on May 16th. Um, from 11 to 2. And um, the moderator for that event is Rina B. Patel. She is a celebrity parenting expert. She is the the host of the Parentology Talk Show. Um, she's actually my law school bestie's um, big sister. I grew up with her. So it's just so amazing Um because we have just a personal synergy because we know each other for a really long time. But she's an incredibly inspiring mom. She has a company. She's been um, teaching parents in in school districts with children who have special needs and autism, and she provides them excellent support. So it's going to be an amazing event there. Same experience, very experiential. It's going to be very motivating and inspiring. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of connecting with you guys. Um, Event tickets are available now. you can go to the meditationforkidsbook dot com. It has all the information on where to order the book. Yeah. Yeah, and it also has information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course, which is a supplement to this book. So I know that when you you see the book, this has all the exercises that will grow with your child and grow with you. But if you have questions on which order to teach your kids and to have the roadmap, in my experience when I was teaching kids in the schools and with Ayan at home and Rihon, there is a systematic way of infusing the meditation foundation step by step into your children's life. So, if you're new to teaching your kids, or if you're confused, um, really take a look at that meditation for kids masterclass course. Because I love you guys, we are offering fifty percent off of the the course if you order before May twenty first. So, you just put in the coupon code Kids Can Meditate, and you'll get fifty percent off. Because I really want you to have that course. It's a video based course. Um, Ayan actually does video demos on there too. So you can watch with your kids because sometimes it's nice to have visuals um, along with the book. So that's what I really designed it to be an easy guide. Whether whether you learn from reading the book or you like videos, it's going to be your support system.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I can um, vouch for it as well. I love the bond that you and Ayan share. And I think to just see that on screen and, you know, draw from that as we're with our children, it's a really magical thing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's why we want it. It's like, I love this when people say like, oh, my kid doesn't really like mindfulness, but then they see Ayan do it. And it's like, something like when you see another child doing it, it's like, oh, that's cool. So let's do this. So if even if you like to, to coax your kids a little bit and be like, hey. So whatever purpose you're using it for, it'll it'll serve your purpose. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. He's just like you. He's just like you. (laughs) Tejal, thank you so much for having me on the show, um, giving me the opportunity to you know ask you the questions and hear the backstory of how you came up with Kids Can Meditate, and more broadly how you got into this field and how you're making your mark so I'm so so happy that you thought it thank you so
1: much this was so much fun and it was so much it was better than me just rifting about it so I'm so happy um that you know everyone will be will be able to hear it in this form rather than just me talking and um I'm so excited that people will get to know you a little bit more and Kanika can you tell our followers where they can find you
0: thank you so much for giving me a shout out. Um, as you know, my podcast is called "That's Total Mom Sense," and I'm so excited to have you on my show. Um, it's uh, I called it that because I believe moms have a superpower, a sixth sense um, that's undeniable. And so you can find me um, on you know wherever you listen to your podcasts: um, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. My website is thatstotalmomsense.com, and um, as a mom, I have to say, I'm hardwired um, to take care of my friends and look out for my girls, and so I urge you to sign up for my newsletter because in my first email to you, you'll get a lengthy list of brand partners with promo codes, and um, they range from beauty to kids and mom apparel, lifestyle, wellness, I have you covered, Um, and who doesn't love a good discount, right? So uh, sign up um, on my site, and lastly, I'm pretty active on Instagram, and my handle is at Kanikaexoexo, and I'm excited to get to know you. Any friend of Thejus is any friend of is a friend of mine.
1: Yay. Oh, they're gonna you guys are gonna love her podcast. There's such a wide array of experts and topics. And I learn something new all the time. So definitely check it out. And like you guys know, guys, meditation for kids is now available. Spread it with All your heart and love to teachers and parents. Spread the word. Be part of the Kids Can Meditate movement. Use the hashtag tag me at Tejal Vipato when your children and you are practicing the tools. I really would love to give you a shout out. Let's really make this a movement. And I'm always here to support you. So if you have questions, whether it's regarding to the book or whether you're um, going through the course and you have any questions, I got your back, girl. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. And I really want this to be part of our children's life, not just for my children, not just for your children, but as many children that we can touch. Our children deserve this. So thank you so much for believing in me, supporting um, my vision, um, and also bringing these tools into your children's life. I am so inspired by you and humbled by your ability and willingness to do that. So thank you so much, guys. Till next time. Bye. I hope you guys loved this episode. Learning more about the Meditation for Kids book that is out and available now, learning how the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course is really designed to help you confidently teach your kids, and also more about the book launch events. Now, a big change that happened since we shot this podcast was the coronavirus. So, though we originally had planned for the events to be on May 9th and May 16th, they are TBD at the moment. We are planning. Um, to reschedule them later in the summer as things start to settle down. The events are not canceled. They are just being rescheduled. So please follow me on Instagram at Tejal V. Patel. Go to the MeditationForKidsBook.com site for updates on when tickets will be live and when the new date will be. Be safe, and in the meantime, make sure that you're meditating. It will help us build our immune system, help us stay calm, release any of the anxiety that we're experiencing with the coronavirus, and really, I'm here to support you in any way possible. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.